so we think are we uh, rec we're recording yeah are we going to use this i think so i like how when we go from recording one podcast to the eason podcast we change characters yeah and move on yeah we we do have sort of so i had an interesting hi by the way i'm george techman show here with steve the big cat anderson for the eastern target archery podcast live from vegas 2024 yep. and steve you know the the vegas segments are always among our most popular and people think it's because we've been drinking, but it's absolutely not the case. No, none of that occurring. But no. um, I think it's because we're on scene. Yeah. There's it, a different relevance here. happening. Yeah. yeah. We just uh, saw, it, as of recording this, it's Saturday about 3 o'clock, 3 yeah. p.m. Yeah. We just saw the open compound wrap-up for the day, the women's compound wrap-up for the day. We saw Mike Schlusser depressed about shooting a 659X. Yeah, It well... He he was he came over with his perfect thirty X from today and he's like yeah not the best and I look at it I'm like wait isn't that a thirty yeah so another level that guy's on but yeah the the uh, seniors are shooting right now senior championship line have you anything noteworthy from the results I haven't looked you? lately while we're at it we might as well just check and see what we've got here because as we look at the Ian Seo system on this second day of Vegas. We've got Matthias Fullerton, Matthias Fullerton, and Mike Schlusser, and Nico Girard. It's Nico with a 58X, but Mike and Matthias are tied. 59X. 59X. I'm also looking at... Bodie Turner. He's got himself, uh, let's see, 57X. You know, Stefan Hansen. Stefan's got himself a 56X. And these guys get depressed about having like 55, 56Xs, Chris yeah. Perkins, 55Xs. They're down a few, and they're yeah. really bummed about they're it. They're bummed about it, whereas, you know, there's 4,500 people here at Vegas this year. And I guarantee you that the vast majority of those attendees would be more than thrilled just to have a pair of 300s on the board. Not to Certainly. mention 300 with almost 30 or yeah, you know. Yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of good amateur shooters who won't sniff a 300, and they'll, they'll be... You know, 16, 17, 18 X's. These guys are good shooters. Absolutely. So I'm uh, noticing yesterday the women, women's compound was at, I think there was 11 or 13 clean. Yeah, today, I, now they're down 11. to five. Yeah. Only five now. Yeah. So it's going to be. the opposite. Yeah, I would have thought, you know, more of them would be. I would have thought of the 11, you'd probably get about seven. Or maybe yeah, seven, maybe eight. But as that's kind of normal. As we speak, in about an hour, will be that ten thousand dollar shoot off. The sort of the lucky dog format shoot off. Yeah. For ten thousand dollars, for anybody that has shot clean today, just today, even score. if they had a two ninety nine yesterday, but if they shot a three hundred today, they're in it to win it if they pre registered for it. And you know, history shows women have a tendency to win that thing. It's happened multiple right? times. Two out of three times, I believe. And so this year. Um, I mean, yesterday we had um, Zach Plonsky and, you know, shooting for Team Hoyt. And it was one of those shoot downs that just went down to the very last arrow. It was done in three arrows. It was done in three shots. Yeah, kind of a quick one. I think they went from, what do we have, 81 down to 10. Then Yeah, the attrition done. rate was, yeah, it was tremendous. 81, 10, and 1. So. A lot of guys pulled out skinny arrows for that. Do uh, you think that's a good strategy? Is it yeah, out? if you can get them sided in or whatever, fine. But you don't um, get a cider. You don't get a cider. Oh, you don't get a warm-up. I shot six hours before. I missed my first 
I didn't hit the first one, you know. So I was I was in the shoot off and I missed the first pass and I was out. But there is no practice end before you nope. shoot that thing. You just roll out and there's that's why it's kind of a lucky scenario, right? Yeah, it's a lot like the lucky dog. Yeah. I'm glad I remembered the rules because I got handed a script that I told I had to read. It was mandatory, and I'm reading the script and it was signed off by the uh, event director of a particular organization that is not the NFAA. And you know, I was told you must read this the way it's written, and it was wrong. It said that there's a there will be a practice end, and that's not the case for the lucky dog. You know, for the ten thousand dollars shoot yeah. down. So I'm I'm glad I kind of pushed back on that. Yeah, because if you had read it, everyone would have thought you were dumb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's no practice. It would have created not to say I'm not. But you weren't at that moment. Oh, I don't want to be the one causing. You're not dumb. And neither am I. But we do dumb things on occasion. On occasion. Yeah. We'll probably sure. say something dumb in the remainder of this podcast. I'll bet I've already said something dumb that you haven't heard because it got edited out. <laughs> I will not confirm or deny that. But it's entirely possible. So, Steve, today you dropped one. Yeah, I missed my last one. I shot, like, hot garbage all day. You were perfect yesterday. Man, it, yeah. I was getting through, getting through, but you just, the game wasn't there, so I didn't really deserve. But I got to say, for a guy that doesn't practice, you really, you did very well. Yeah, I practiced. You're down one, so you still have lucky dog opportunity. I'm calling it the sucky dog from now on, because when you suck, that's where you go. All right. But, yeah, I figure I've practiced as much in the last five years as I did you know, maybe the six months prior to that. One of so the it's not a lot there. One of the dynamics, of course, of the Vegas shoot is that every year there's a little special story, and this year it's got to be the story of the pigeon. Did it just land in the booth? No, but the wild pigeon's been flying around all, yeah. all day. And yesterday, I guess, it flew right in front of some shooters when so, it was like dodging arrows. Yeah, there's all sorts of things happening right here. The, yeah, you almost had a Randy Johnson scenario with the pigeon. I, as I was walking over here... There was a little girl pointing at the the roof of this bar, and it has a, there was like a a rubber duck up on the edge of this, and she wanted me to try to get it down, way up high, trying to get this rubber duck down. So she grabbed me as a tall person. So I went, I opened a supply closet door right there by the bathrooms. It happened to be unlocked. There was a broom in there, a mop. And I flung the mop up to get this little rubber duck down. And I, I just knocked it further up on the, the roof and ruined her day. So I said, sorry, I handed her the mop and I left. You know, another uh, stalwart of the Easton booth here at the Vegas shoot for well over 20, pushing 30-something years now, is our buddy Gary Cornum, Director of Marketing for Easton, who we've never yet had on the podcast. So I'm thinking, what better time than a record Vegas shoot to invite Gary to join us for a, a little bit here. Gary? Hey, George. What do you think, man? 4,500 shooters. Did you ever think you'd see the day? No, I just, uh, it's been great. We've been wall-to-wall having people here at the booth the whole time, talking to people about, like, the new Parallel Pro and just everything going on at Easton. So it's been a blast. And selling some amazing T-shirts, too. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, this is the one shoot where we really knock it out of the park with that stuff. So uh, it's a great, great time to, you know, get the brand out there and, uh, and just reconnect with everybody you know all joking aside there's a a tremendous contingent of international shooters and you know i think we all know it's really hard to get some soft goods in some foreign countries because of the cost of tariffs and all that that. so a lot of shooters come here hoping to be able to score eastern swag and eastern gear yeah like uh like you said you know we're not too far down the road so we can get everything down here and and, uh, you know, have a, a wide variety of, of Easton logo stuff. And, you know, we've been around 100 years. And 
it's a great, there's a lot of nostalgia around the brand too. And so, um, you know, and, and there's so many shooters, you know, that just, you know, that are here shooting East. And so it's just a, uh, a really good time. And we do the, we do the uh, commemorative Vegas shirt here every year too. They love that one. Yeah. It's almost a collector's item, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've always got a great theme. You know, it's funny, Gary, uh, you may have noticed that you probably haven't noticed this, but we've noticed that there's always a correlation between the Vegas shoot decorations and general logo and some of the themes that you developed for the Easton shirt the year before. I, I, it's undeniable. Yeah. And this year's in really no different. We like to tap into the kind of the what's going on, uh, you know, at Easton with, you know, our brand and everything, but also, uh, you know, really capture what's going on here at Vegas with everybody's excited to be here. You know, it's a fun place to be too. So. The other thing that's nice to see, of course, is this is a tribute uh, to Jim Easton who passed away in December. And, um, a lot of people walking around with his signature uh, sticker on their badges. And, uh, you know, it has been a really great opportunity for people to relearn who Jim is and what he was able to do for our industry. And it's been nice to hear the the things, the accolades that people have had to say about him uh, as they come up to the booth and you know, just walking around the show. Yeah, and I, it's been amazing to see people come up and tell us the stories that they have from Jim their interactions with Jim. I was just talking to Justin Hewish a few minutes ago and he was telling me about how he, you know, got to go over to Mary Easton's house and shoot, you know, and, and I think that I'd never heard of before. And, uh, you know, you look at the history of, of, of Easton being a hundred years old, but just some of these little stories that are coming to light. And I've been with the company 30 years now that I'd never heard before. So it's been, it's been really neat to see that go on too. Yeah. And you know, one thing that we learned in our last podcast that we did with uh, Bruce and Brittany, Bruce expressed the idea that this shoot wouldn't exist today without Jim Easton's intervention at a certain critical point. Yeah. I think the whole sport wouldn't exist in the way it does today without that. It's really, you know, yeah, there would be archery and it would be something, but it wouldn't be like this. It wouldn't be like it is. I don't, some might try to say, oh, well, it could be a lot better. There's no way it would be better. Impossible. Like it, it uh, there would be a number of bankrupt organizations that would be trying to get off the ground with tournaments like this, and they would still be startups. We wouldn't have an established giant Vegas shoot like we have here today that's really turned into like everyone's once a year party for target archery. And as we sit here right now, we know that this is the last time that we'll be at the South Point for the foreseeable future, at least. And you know, it's been a great 12-year run here since 2012, uh, but we're looking forward to what will be a new venue that will be announced on Sunday night. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, we've seen the venue change before. And, uh, you know, when they came, moved it here to South Point, I wasn't sure. And, and uh, then we came down here and we loved it. And so it'll be, you know, interesting to see. And I'm guessing we're going to love the next venue. Do, do, you think they're, do you think they're warming us up for the next venue or kicking us out the door with those drayage bills we got from move-in day yeah holy smokes i I shudder to think what i paid for carpet too yeah for people who don't know you when you do a trade show like this you've got almost always a union group that does your move-in and we spent 12 times more to move our stuff from the curb here at south point to our booth which is about 150 yards than we did to move it the 400-something miles from Salt Lake to Las Vegas. It's insane. Wow. And then our carpet, like for what we rent carpet, you rent carpet here to use it. I could re-carpet my house about seven times for what it costs. It's pretty insane stuff. Not to lament on trade show logistics or 
costs, but just so people are aware. So I really hope the next place we go isn't like, you know, the Venetian Bellagio and they've got like some premium crazy, you know, ordeal where everything's just completely out of the ordinary in terms of costing, but we'll see. Well, maybe the carpet will be cashmere. Yeah, maybe the buffet will be better too. <laughs> I'm excited to see where we go. They're announcing that after the shoot off, right? That's what I hear on do Sunday they, night. Do they actually the have it finalized or are they like doing that tomorrow morning and then the making an announcement? The best of my knowledge, the contracts were all signed last week. Okay, so they're they're on top of it. Yeah, I heard some interesting rumors about where it might be. I won't comment on those here. Uh, there have been rumors. There have been rumors. And then what's funny is Bruce is commenting on the rumor saying, have you heard the rumor? And I thought, you're trying to throw me off the scent. Now I believe the rumor. He is trying to um, misdirect. He's trying to dispel. Yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. Where do you think it's going to go? I'll tell you after he announces it. <laughs> I'll do the same. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got an opinion. So, uh, you yeah, know, you pick a hotel, and there's a rumor around that one. Right? Well, it'll be a big deal when they uh, do announce it. I'm sure, and I'm sure we'll hear all about opinions on social media, and other people will be delighted, or they won't. No, I guarantee they'll first complain. That's the snap judgment, which, everywhere. by the way, happened when we moved here. Yeah, change is always bad. Um, in social media commenters. The amount of negativity when it moved from the Riviera to the South Point was stunning. But now? Now no one wants to leave the South Point, right? And then Exactly. So there will be some negativity, and then we'll get to wherever we're going, and they'll be pumped about it, and they'll talk about how it's better for this or that, or now they can stay here or eat dinner there, and it'll all be good. Yeah, we, you mentioned the Riviera. I remember that, and I just kept thinking that I'd go to bed at night, and I kept thinking that Ghost of Dean Martin was going to walk out of the closet. So, you know, it was nice to come down here. But he would have tripped across the duct tape holding the carpet down in the bedrooms. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Little There's, worn, was it? Well, let's just say this. This is an honest statistic. Out of the 12 venues that the Vegas shoot has occupied since 1962, 11, 10 of the 12 venues have been imploded within 18 months of the Vegas shoot leaving. I think South Point's going to stick around at least Correct. a couple of years. Correct. We'll see. Correct. The, the South Point has not gotten to the point where they're using duct tape to hold carpet down. Yeah, so that, that it's still in, in fact, good repair. South Point right now is replacing carpet out on the casino floor. They'll shift the whole casino for like an hour, replace that carpet, move it back, and then they'll pick a different section. It's kind of awesome to see how efficient they are because the place never closes, right? I did, mention, I did yeah. notice, though, that the uh, moving walkways are, are not holding up well to the traffic of archers. They well, were not operating this morning. Yeah, in either direction. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, yeah. I noticed the same thing. It's interesting to see how dirty the carpet really was when you when they you when know, put the new down that down new square. Right, yeah, yeah, right. You put the new squares down, and you're like, oh, it's like it's glowing. Yeah, yeah. There must be a company out there that designs Vegas carpet to hide the look of what happens the dinge, to it. Yeah, because yeah. they can't cart. They can't clean that very often. Not I think enough. we've gone off the rails a little bit with this. This is the Eastern podcast. That's our oh, tradition. Yeah. And it's Vegas. This is more about the happenings of archery rather than the how-to. Yeah. There will be a how-to, by the way. We'll talk about what's happening on the – we've talked a little about what the results and all that. But this is what people really clamor for is the behind the scenes and who's got a rubber duck on the ceiling. and Where the pigeon has flown to, which lane it's flying in right now. So that pigeon situation was almost a Randy Johnson situation. Oh, yeah, I know. I didn't see it. Okay, you're going to hear about it. Because we've got a lot of international listeners. Well, that you don't just watch told baseball. me about I'll explain the Randy Johnson. So he was an amazing pitcher. He was almost, he was like 6'10, so about 2 meters 10 in height. Yeah. About Steve's size. Uh, taller than me. 
about Steve Sizemore. And uh, he had a nasty fastball. And he was also delivering it from, you know, 6'10 height. And then he could shift his location. He was just one of the best pitchers ever. He happened to throw a pitch. This was this during spring training. Yeah, Gary knows. He threw a pitch to a guy, and a pigeon flew by at the same time. And he smoked the pigeon. It exploded. Feathers everywhere. Yeah, worse than 12-gauge. It was like yeah, an 11-gauge. If you want to see it, you can watch it on YouTube. On YouTube, Randy Johnson pigeon. You just see, you just see this white streak fly by, and suddenly it just explodes yeah. into like a big white plume. So there, there's a pigeon down on the shoot floor that was trying to do that in front of some senior pros, I think. So At the moment, yes. Yeah, it's dodging really. arrows by the senior pros. Yeah, imagine you're trying to close out a 300 for the day, and this pigeon's in your way. I think it would actually be a helpful distraction, truthfully. Well, hopefully it doesn't happen tonight during the world archery thing, because in world archery, unlike the NFAA, no do-overs. Yeah. If a bird flies in the way of your arrow, you're out of luck. This is just how it is yep. and how it was meant to be. Yeah. Maybe they should hire some cats to come to the South Point. And on that note... We'll have a podcast uh, wrapping up the Vegas shoot, maybe append it to this one. But for now, hey, maybe we hit a little 10-minute preview show of the shoot-off tomorrow. Before I like that off. idea. We'll get it up <clears throat> really quick yep. and then go through that. And then we'll, then we'll wrap up. Okay. <laughs>